0: Thanks Dixie and Charlotte. Uh, Glad Charlotte that you're back in our zip code uh, from school and uh, welcome Mercy House. Glad that you're joining us on live stream and also welcome to those that maybe this is your first time. Maybe you saw the live stream posted and decided to to hop on. We are uh, in the eighth chapter of Ecclesiastes. So it's kind of in the middle of your Bible. Uh, So hopefully you've uh, found it uh, there, found it on uh, your device at home. Uh, One of the Uh, reoccurring themes, I think, that uh, I keep seeing in our modern age is the the can-do spirit. Uh, We feel like we can figure out just about about anything. Um, And this is very modern, right? In the ancient world, let's say, uh, if you had a pandemic, you would say a prayer, you would offer up a sacrifice to your God, and then you would hope for the best, right? Like like there was no like, we're going to figure this out. We're going to beat this thing. You were kind of at the mercy of whatever it was that was happening. But in the modern age, I mean, some people will pray and maybe even some might be superstitious. But most are going to say, we're going to get a team of experts. We're going to do a research study on community spread. We're going to get a vaccine, right? Like, like we're going to figure this thing out. And through our human wisdom, we're going to make things happen, and uh, there's, to some degree, nothing wrong with that, right? Like, I, I mean, I got my tetanus vaccine updated just a few weeks ago, so uh, there's some really good things that come out of human wisdom, but there are also, there's limits, and, and this is actually one of the, uh, the threads that you see throughout Ecclesiastes, is that uh, there are limits to wisdom. Uh, you heard this theme in the last part of chapter 7 that you heard Tommy preach uh, last week, uh, Ecclesiastes 7.27. Behold, this is what I found, says the preacher, while adding one thing to another to find the scheme of things, which my soul has sought repeatedly, but I have not found. One man among a thousand I found, but a woman among all these I have not found. See, this alone I found, that God made man upright, but they have sought out many schemes. Solomon lets lets us know that in his pursuit of wisdom, he hasn't been able to figure it all out. And even when he went out to seek out a team of experts, uh, even they couldn't figure uh, things out. They they couldn't figure out the the schemes uh, to, to figure out life. And uh, all this is in contrast with the fact that he says that what he has figured out is that God has made us upright, yet we still can't seem uh, to figure life out, and so this is where uh, th- this kind of leads up to chapter eight, which is all about wisdom, and this this idea of wisdom being the the, the way that we can live life well, especially life under the sun, um, and so he's going to say several things about wisdom, and you think of it a little bit like a, a classical music piece where there's a melody but then there's movements within this classical music piece. And so the melody is about wisdom, but there's going to be different movements about wisdom. So there's five different movements. Wisdom is good, and then he's going to give us a word about wise uh, living, and then he's going to talk about how wisdom has limits, and then he's going to go back to a word about wise living, and then he's going to go back to wisdom has limits. And so the very first verse of chapter 8, uh, tells us that wisdom is good. He says, who is like the wise, and who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face shine, and the hardness of his face is changed. And so here, he lets us know that if you are wise, things are going to go well for you. Um, he, uh, he, he, he's not rejecting wisdom and his critique of wisdom that we'll read about here in a minute. Um, he always goes back to it. It's like, kind of like a home base. And he says, if you, if you have wisdom, your face will shine. Now, you may have heard that phrase uh, in uh, speaking about God, that may his face shine upon you. And the idea is that your face is smiling. <laughs> your face is, is happy. Your face is giving off some good vibes. And, and it's, what it's not doing is it's not hardening. It's not stern. It's not fearful. It's not angry, but it's happy. And so it's Solomon's way of saying those that uh, are, are wise, that live wisely, they are happy. It will go uh, well for you. And then he shifts into a conversation about wise living. And verse 2, he says, I say, keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. Be not hasty to go from his presence. Do not take your stand in an evil cause, for he does whatever he pleases, for the word of the king is supreme, and who may say to him, what are you doing? Whoever keeps a command will know no evil thing, and the wise heart will know the proper time and the just way. Now, this is, this is standard wisdom teaching here, and, and that is that those who live wisely uh, submit to the governing authorities, so he says that you should keep the king's command. And if you keep the king's command, if you obey the governing authorities, it will deter you from evil and it will encourage you along the path of wisdom. Right? It deters you from the path of evil and it encourages you along the path of wisdom. That's what he means when he says by keeping the command, you will know no evil thing. That's to deter you from evil. And that the wise heart will know the proper time in the just way. And so this is, this is again, a, a standard kind of, of wisdom teaching of submitting to the governing authorities. Now, this, these governing authorities, the reason it's wise to submit to them is that the governing authorities are ordained by God. You can see that in verse 2 where he says, Keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. Um, and so that that phrase is a little hard to translate, and you can see that if you start looking at other translations of the Bible. You see in New American Standard, keep the command of the king because of the oath before God. And so there you're like, well, is, is it the king taking an oath? Is it me taking an oath? Like, what's going on there? And then New International Version says, obey the king's command, I say, because you took an oath before God. And so you, you can see NIV going the, sort of the opposite direction of ESV, saying you took an oath rather than God taking an oath for the king. The translation is difficult, but what we can know for sure is that God is involved in the governing authority of the king. That, that's, that's sort of the main, uh, the main thrust of, of the verse. And so God, God has, has given this power to the governing authority to govern over uh, the, the, the people inside of a country such that evil is deterred and righteousness or wisdom is uh, encouraged. Uh, We we see this also in the New New Testament. This is not just an Old Testament concept. In Romans 13, uh, Paul writes this, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. Those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who has in authority? Then do what is good, you'll receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer." You can see over and over again, Paul is pointing to this reality that governing authority, human governing authority, is ordained by God. It's an instrument of God. And so uh, submitting to the governing authority uh, is, a, is wise. It, it helps us to live wisely. So the, the, the turnpike authority sets... The speed limit is 65 miles an hour because that's wise, right? Evidently, they've done some research and they they see, oh, if we bumped it up to 70, there'd be more auto accidents. Or if we bumped it up to 70, we, we would use up more gas, right? And so it's wise. To, 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 to drive 65 on the turnpike. Or uh, the FDA overseeing, uh, you know, how many oxycodone that I'm gonna get after my surgery, right, they, they've done the research. If, I, if, I, if, if they give too many of those to someone, uh, there's a danger that they might become addicted. So, so there's a limit that the government, that the FDA would put on uh, giving opioid medications. And so again, to live wisely is to obey the governing authorities. But aren't there some limits on this whole, like, the government is a good thing, that, that kind of idea? Well, if you read Proverbs, you probably come away thinking, no, it's just very black and white. It's, it's like the government's good, and you obey the government, and, the, and that is wise, and it will lead you into wise living. But Ecclesiastes is a little different. Ecclesiastes is going to show us uh, that there are limits. There are limits, and there's limits to, to all uh, kinds of, of wisdom because there's a glitch in the system right there's a glitch in the system and and because of that uh, wisdom has limits and this is our, our third kind of movement in uh, his teaching on wisdom verse six he says for there is a time and a way for everything although man's trouble lies heavy on him for he does not know what is to be for who can tell him how it will be No man has power to retain the spirit of power over the day of death. There's no discharge from war, nor will wickedness deliver those who are given to it. All this I observed while applying my heart to all that is done under the sun. When man had power over man to his hurt. Now, we see some limits on wise living. He just kind of goes through a a laundry list, and these are pretty typical for him. One is just mentioning that trouble is going to lie heavy on you, right? Like you may live a very wise life and still get cancer or get hit by a drunk driver, right, or have your identity stolen. Um, The the second thing he mentions is that you don't know the future, right? You could live really, really wisely, uh, but, but but you do not know what is to be. And so you're living wisely and still a tornado comes and knocks down your house or a thief comes and steals everything in it. Uh, He also mentions death, which is always his go-to in terms of showing the limits of wisdom. And so you may live wisely your whole life, but he says you're going to die and you have no power over that. You don't even have power over really when that death is going to occur. He even mentions war. He's like, you can live wisely all your life, but, but then a war crops up and, and you're in the middle of it and you can't do anything about it. And then lastly, he uh, mentions the misuse of power. He says man had power over man to his hurt, which ties back to the earlier conversation about governing authority. Uh, Ecclesiastes is, is, not, is not blowing smoke, right? He's not just uh, painting this utopian picture of perfect government and submitting to perfect government so that uh, everything will go well for you. He, 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 he shows you uh, the dark underbelly of life under the sun, and he shows you that uh, authority and power can be misused, and it can be misused uh, to the hurt, and the detriment of those under that authority. He then tells a story about a funeral of one of these wicked rulers. Verse, verse 10, he says, Then I saw the wicked buried. They used to go in and out of the holy place and were praised in the city where they had done such things. This also is vanity, because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily. The heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. So you have a funeral of a, of a corrupt ruler there. They're, they're, they're wicked rulers, but not only are they wicked rulers, they're wicked rulers who are pretending to be worshipers of the one true God, and they're doing that for their own gain. He says they're in and out of the holy place. I mean, we just had a presidential election with two candidates that both, for different reasons, are wicked. Uh, Trump's arrogance, his lust, his greed, his, his divisiveness is like a cancer that eats away at the soul of our country while Biden's views on gender, sexuality, marriage, uh, abortion, uh, religious liberty will potentially do unimaginable harm to the fabric of our society. And both of these candidates have have feigned religiosity. Uh, Who could forget Trump uh, teargassing protesters so that he could stand in front of a vandalized church holding a Bible that he didn't realize was upside down? Uh, And then Biden, on the day of his election, attending Mass at a Catholic church, all the while his policies, again, diabolically opposed to what the Bible says about marriage, family, and other teachings. And the result has societal implications. This is what uh, Solomon means when he says, "...the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily. The heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil." When wicked rulers rule, those under them become wicked. They, they, they see that the rules don't matter. And so they begin to break the rules. And so uh, this, this, I felt like this election was one of those moments where you're just like, it's hell. It's, it's meaningless. There, there is no meaning to grasp in the midst of this political process. And, and so you, you, you read that and you start to think, so does wisdom matter? I mean, earlier you said it did matter, but, but does it really matter? And, and we have these different reactions uh, to that where some of us double down and we're going to make things work. Uh, and then others of us, we push back from the wisdom table and we're like, forget it, right? And this is what Tommy talked about last week when he said don't be overly righteous or don't be overly foolish like these are reactions to the fact that 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 wisdom seems to have uh, limits and this moves Solomon into the next movement of his teaching verse 12 and this is more a word about wise living though a sinner does evil a hundred times and prolongs his life Yet I know that I will be well it will be well with those who fear God because they fear before him but it will not be well with the wicked neither will he prolong his days like a shadow because he does not fear before God Now when you see the mention of God in the, in the text in Ecclesiastes it should be like a flashing light it, this this is how you decode whatever passage you're looking at is what he says about God. And, and so before he, he was talking about life under the sun, where evil is seemingly getting rewarded and being righteous is seemingly getting punished. And, and then he, he bursts out into life under heaven, life under the sovereign good God. And he lets us know that under heaven, evil does not pay. Under heaven, righteousness does pay. It will go well for those who fear God. It will not go well for those who do not fear God. Uh, He's moving back to this conversation about authority, except now he's he's not talking about the governing authorities. He's talking about God's authority, and and that's what it's meant when uh, it talks about fearing God. You fear God. You're you're coming under God's authority, the, the authority of the sovereign good God. And, and, and so this idea of, of God's authority is that this authority is absolutely perfect. And so we can absolutely 100% trust in the authority of the sovereign good God. And that ties into the governing authorities, right? If the sovereign good God is ordaining the, the governing authorities, then, then we can trust that, that God is somehow working out His sovereign purposes through governing authorities. Again, Romans 13.2, if you remember I read this earlier, therefore whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur the judgment. And so it's, it's this, you're submitting to the governing authorities, but ultimately you're submitting to the sovereign good God. So you read that and you think, okay, so because the sovereign good God is in charge, If I submit to the sovereign, the 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 human sovereigns, the the authorities of of the the government, then things are going to go go well for me here under the sun, 100 (laughs) percent. And that we we know that's not true, right? There's 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 again there's limits to wisdom, and this is where Solomon goes in the fifth movement here, verse 14. He says, "There's a vanity that takes place on earth, that there are righteous people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked." And there are wicked people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the righteous. I said that this also is vanity. And I commend joy, for the man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful, for this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. So he reaffirms that that God is, is superintending all of life under the sun, which doesn't mean that things are going to make sense, that, that, that sometimes life under the sun, we're going to see the wicked rewarded, and we're going to see the righteous punished. And we look at that and say, this doesn't make sense. But, but, but he's affirming, even so, life is being superintended by this sovereign good God. And because of that, we can both enjoy the good as gifts from God, and we can entrust ourselves to the sovereign good God when things are bad. And I've said that multiple times, but this is an ongoing theme, an ongoing exhortation uh, for those who understand that they are living life under heaven, even though they may see things under the sun that don't make sense. They can still enjoy the good things as a gift from God, and they can entrust themselves to God who is at work under the sun. And we hear that, and and I I think many, many of us are like, but I want to know why the wicked people are being rewarded. <laughs> like we, we want to take Solomon by the collar and we want to you know, put him up against the wall and say, tell me, O oh wise one, why is it that righteous people are being punished and uh, the, the, the wicked are being rewarded? And this is sort of Solomon's answer, verse 16. When I applied my heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done on earth, how neither day nor night... Do one's eyes see sleep? Then I saw all the work of God, that man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. However much man may toil in seeking, he will not find it out. Even though a wise man claims to know, he cannot find it out. <laughs> and so, even though we might be threatening Solomon to tell us, tell us of oh, a wise one, why are the wicked being rewarded? He'd say, he can't find it out. You can seek as hard as you want. You can seek out as many uh, teams of experts as you possibly want to seek out, and you, you, you just can't figure it out. And people that say that they can figure it out, they're lying. They, they don't know. There is a great mystery uh, of this life under uh, the sun, and that's okay. That's okay. We are finite. <laughs> we are not infinite like God. Does God understand it? Yes, 100%. But, but we don't understand it. There's a much to this life under the sun that we do not understand. Uh, Paul, uh, Apostle Paul utter, utters a similar sentiment in Romans 11, and he's actually quoting from wisdom literature. He's, he's quoting from Job. And he says this in, in verse, chapter 11, "'Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom "'and knowledge of God! "'How unsearchable are his judgments! "'How inscrutable his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Paul is uttering this same kind of idea, that that there is one whose ways are absolutely inscrutable. They are unsearchable, And, and so as, as hard as we might try to press in to figuring out life under the sun, there's always going to be limits. There's going to be limits to our wisdom. And that's okay, <laughs> because we live life under a sovereign, good God who has no limits. He is infinite. So what are some of the implications of, of these truths that we've uh, uh, taken out of chapter 8 of Ecclesiastes? One is that we, if we want to live wisely... Uh, we want to submit to the governing authorities, right? Those who are wise, they submit to the governing authorities. Uh, Partly how Christian disciples obey Jesus is that they obey the governing authorities. Now, this is not a popular topic in our current day, right? I mean, you see the bumper stickers at Amherst. It's like question authority, uh, well-behaved women rarely make history, Resist, right? I mean, this, this is the ethos, especially of our valley. And the, 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 the default of the mature Christian uh, is, is not to resist the governing authority, it is to submit to the governing authority. Not because the governing authority is perfect, not because the governing authority always gets it right, uh, but because God has ordained governing authority as, as one of the institutions that keeps order in this world. Now, sometimes it is necessary to resist governing authority, and you even see this in the New Testament. One of those times is when governing authority asks you to do something against God, the highest authority, and when that happens, you don't obey governing authority, and you see this even among the apostles, right? When they're told to not tell people about the, the gospel, they, they don't do it. They, 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 they disobey the governing authority, and they tell people about the gospel, Another time that that it is appropriate to not obey governing authority is when the government is oppressing others, and those others need to be protected. And so, yes, absolutely, there are times where we need to, quote-unquote, resist, but that is not our default. Our our default as disciples of Jesus is, is to submit to the governing authority. So don't be an opportunist when it comes to the governing authority. Don't obey the law when you're thinking, oh, that's going to help me out, or I, I know I'm going to get caught if I don't obey, and then when you, when you, when you aren't going to get caught, you don't obey, or you, you feel like I'm going to get a short-term gain if I don't obey. Uh, you obey the governing authority, and you do that when they're looking or not looking, because ultimately you're obeying the, the authority of the sovereign good God. This brings us to the next truth, right? We live wisely by submitting to the authority of God. Uh, we keep the command of the capital K King. Uh, this is the beginning of wisdom. I mean, think about it. this. This is throughout wisdom literature, places like Proverbs 1:7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so, that coming under the authority, that fear of God, that, that is the beginning of wisdom. I and mean, if we're not doing that, then we're not even out of the gate. Uh, we're not even starting to become people who live uh, wisely. And again, Jesus, Jesus speaks of this as well. Uh, think about in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, where he says, go, for, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. See, it's the same, it's the same thing. He, he's, he's saying he has all authority over heaven and earth, and now make disciples by showing them what the commands are, but not only that, teaching them to observe, teaching them to obey uh, the commands of Jesus that are displayed in Scripture Number three, uh, I think it's a good reminder that there are limits to the under the sun rewards of living wisely, but that the under the heaven rewards make it absolutely worth it. That there are limits to the under the sun rewards, uh, but the under the heaven rewards make it completely worth it. This is, this is why when it seems like the, the wise are being punished, the, the foolish are getting rewarded, that we can continue to, to submit to governing authorities, we continue to live wisely because ultimately we're doing this unto the sovereign good God. Uh, and, 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 and this will, will help us to, to persevere when things uh, don't seem to be working out under uh, the sun. Number four, another remembrance that all of us are wicked and have fallen short of perfect wisdom. Go back to... Uh, chapter 7 verse 29 that we started with. He says see this alone I found that God made man upright but they have sought out many schemes. That we we were made to be wise. We were made to be righteous and upright. Yet we have gone after many schemes. And and as we remember that, we all also remember that there is one who was perfectly upright who who lived wisely who lived righteously and obeyed uh, his father's commands Uh, and that is Jesus and you may remember in the garden of Gethsemane in uh, Matthew 26 verse 39 it says going a little farther he Jesus fell on his face and prayed saying my father if it be possible let this cup pass from me nevertheless not as I will but as you will You see see Jesus following the directive of his Father, following the the, the command of his Father, and through that obedience at the cross, saving lawbreakers like you and me, saving fools like you and me, because none of us have lived wisely. None of us have, have, have lived in such a way that we should be rewarded under the sun and under heaven but instead have broken the law and lived foolish lives such as that we actually deserve punishment. And the one who did live the righteous life and did live perfectly wisely, he's the one who died in our place such that we could be forgiven of, of our sins and brought into the relationship with a sovereign, good God. So you may have never done that before. You, you may have not realized that you were made to be upright, yet you've lived foolishly. And because of that, you need to be saved. You need to be rescued from your foolishness, from your sin. And so if that's you today, I, I encourage you to, to go to God in faith and asking him to forgive you of your sins and to bring you into this relationship with this sovereign good God who in his sovereignty and in his goodness has offered a, 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 a path for you to be forgiven and, and brought into a new life of living wisely, of of living wisely under the sun, but ultimately living wisely in obedience to the commands of the sovereign good God. Let me pray. God we thank you that uh, there is wisdom, uh, that that there is a way to live that does uh, bring about human flourishing, it it does bring about a, a shining face. And that that wisdom is such a blessing. It's a blessing to us personally. It's a blessing to our friends, our families, our relationships, our relationships in the church. And that oftentimes this wisdom is, is such a, a life-giving thing as, as we seek to, to live it out. And um, we recognize that, but we also, Lord, recognize the limits of it in this life under the sun. And, Lord, so we confess to you our our, our experience of hevel. <laughs> that Lord, as, as we try to make things work, and then there's oftentimes uh, experiences of, of heavil, of meaninglessness, of, of frustration, and so we bring that to you, uh, the sovereign good God. And so God, would you, would you help us uh, to persevere and not grow weary, not grow discouraged, but to continue to, to honor you in the way that we live our lives and in the way that we submit to governing authorities, but every other uh, way of, of wisdom that you've revealed to us uh, in your word. And we pray that you would give us the grace that we need, both to forgive us of our sins, of rejecting your wisdom, rejecting your righteousness, but also uh, to transform us, God, into the pe- to, to wise people uh, who live uh, the, this, this wise life under the sun in such a way that others are blessed and, and we reveal the light of your gospel grace uh, to others. And so we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So it sends you out: uh, those who are living life uh, under the sun, yet are under the good sovereign rule of the sovereign good God. of a great week.